Welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This will more than likely be episode 103, and I am recording it immediately on the heels of episode 102 because the original 103 got lost in it. So I had started talking about the content that I put into 102 and decided it wasn't going to blend well with it. It should be its own episode, and that's this one. And this one is about a need for deep people. If you are remotely observant in life, if you have any type of leadership about you, I think it's safe to say that as you look around the culture, at least here in the United States, I don't want to project that onto other cultures, but I'm going to venture to guess that this uh, nihilistic, self-absorbed obsession with shallowness and entertainment is more worldwide than just the United States. It is sowing the the wind, and it will be reaping the whirlwind eventually. I want to record this episode to encourage you, if you're listening to this, we have plenty of shallow people now. We have plenty of people who live to be entertained and, in fact, can't really function if they're not being entertained, sort of like adult children who pitch a fit or they don't know what to do with them. If the world gets quiet or the, the space around them gets quiet, They grab the pacifier of their smartphone and they have to be touching it. I'm just from a different generation. The the phone has become nothing but a pacifier for adults, in my opinion. I don't think that's intentional. I think it's intentionally being thrust into into people's lives and encouraged to become an even greater pacifier so that you become unable to sit still, to exist in a room, maybe where there's silence, awkward silence for a minute. Be okay with quiet times of reflection without touching your phone, without your phone being in the room, and maybe even your phone not being on, maybe it not being with you when you move around. Maybe it's at home and you're out cruising around, you're out in the woods, you're out uh, running around with your kids, your, your spouse, whatever. So it has been my observation that we have plenty of shallowness, and it's kind of an upward trajectory into shallowness and I don't have social media, but you know, if I had a dollar for every link of some uh, something that somebody sends me from TikTok and Instagram, it's like a river that bombs my phone. When I go back to look at it, there's 30 links. It reminds me of you know 30 links of things that honestly, my life is no better for having clicked on that link. It didn't add anything to me. In fact, all it did was occupy time that I could have been doing something else with. Now, sometimes there's really cool things that people do, and they were worth looking at, you know, like a little short thing that somebody put together. But I would say 90% of what people send me, if it had never happened, if it had never existed, the world would not be a worse place for it. And so we have started filling these spaces with just emptiness. And I remember when email started coming around, when the internet first started up, and people would email because there was no phone stuff to send it on. So people would email these videos of like puppies and kittens. And it got to the point where I basically just stopped checking my email. I just stopped and I didn't even care anymore. In fact, I I think I even closed because I went through several different email services and I closed a bunch. I closed them as I went so I could change my email address because it was nothing but a barrage of things that wasted my time. Like I know what puppies look like. I know what kittens look like. 
I've had many of each of them. And that's, I realized that people are not only sending this to me to waste my time. The reason they know about this is because this is what they're doing with their time. They're just sitting and watching puppy videos or kitten videos or whatever. And again, if they didn't do this, the world would not be worse off for it if it had never happened. I grew up in a time where you you made a choice about the things that you did and your time was valuable. People's time was valuable. There wasn't a lot of things to waste it on. There were no video games. There were no handheld devices. I mean, well, yeah, a fishing pole. Fishing poles were handheld devices, but I didn't see those as a waste of time because you engaged with the people that you were with. You got to know the people that you went with better. You spent quality time with people and you got to know them. There were, it wasn't just about the fishing. It was about the quality time that you got with the people who chose to... It may be one person who goes fishing with you. It could have been a group of people. But when you left that day, you knew the people you were with better than when you got there. And that brought value into people's lives. And now, staring at TikTok or Instagram or all these other social media stuff, like, honestly, the world would not be worse off if Facebook didn't exist, if Instagram didn't exist, if TikTok didn't exist. I can tell you because I lived in a world where there wasn't any of that. And we were not worse off because of it. In fact, I would argue we were better off because of it. Because we did do interaction. If we wanted interaction, it wasn't... Like, we had to go talk to somebody. It wasn't that I'm just going to hole up and send you a link to something that somebody else did. We did things. We didn't watch other people do things. We did things. And if you wanted action... You were the cause of the action. Like you had to make a choice to put together the the necessary, whatever it might be. The effort to do that action, you didn't live vicariously through some uh, imaginary thing on the on a device in a virtual world that doesn't exist. You had to engage reality. I'm noticing the fruit of this, especially in in churches and Christian churches. And right now I have a relatively small sample size, but going off of people that I trust in different parts of the United States who are giving me feedback about things that they're running into with with churches. And these are leaders. These are not these are not guys who just forward TikTok videos and live in a virtual world. In fact, the guys who are doing this, they they live almost they almost don't have any time in the virtual world. They live in the real world and they engage real people with real issues with real change, with real impacts in in people's lives, not TikTok videos from people who honestly are doing nothing but wasting the world's time by doing asinine things for attention. The world has plenty of shallow people. The Christian churches in the United States has plenty of, of shallow people. We are four miles wide and a half inch deep. It's time to get deeper. What our churches need, what our culture needs is deeper people. We need deep people. And that's not going to happen through your electronic device. That's just a little spoiler tip. That's going to happen from things that require effort, like reading, like researching things that bring value to life. It's going to take engaging real people with real conversation that brings about real change in, in people's lives about really knowing your neighbor, about really caring about the people around you, really loving people, not a heart emoji. It's not going to take a text. It's going to take engaging life. And I understand, like, you can't reach out and talk to everybody physically. 
like for me, I don't have any family that lives within 1,200 miles of me, 1,400 miles of me. It has to be pretty much over the phone or text or something like that. But I don't need to use the phone to engage the people that I can just freaking walk over to them and just engage them. There's far more value if take yourself, if I walk up to you and start talking to you, I put a hand on your shoulder and say, dude, how are you doing today? There is tremendous more value in that than just a text that says, how are you doing today? And you fire back with an emoji. Honestly, that's a nearly valueless conversation. That's not even a conversation. That is a nearly valueless exchange. It doesn't last, but that person-to-person interaction where I know that you extended the effort, you invested the effort to punch into my world, and it may have only been for 15 seconds to put a hand on my shoulder and say, dude, how's your day going? It tells me that you put effort into that. If it's only with electronic devices, it conveys a sense of, honestly, it it conveys a sense of laziness. It is us being derelict in the responsibility to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are being lazy. If you are in a church, it's time to get deeper. If you are listening to this, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you're the kind of person that is either deeper or you are pursuing greater depth. It's just a guess. I don't know. I don't know the people who listen to this. But I'm going to go out on a limb and guess because you had to look for this podcast. You had to find it. It's not an easy one to find. It's not entertaining content. And I said that in the first episode that was terrible, but it was honest. This isn't about entertaining people. This is about trying to get people to engage each other, to pursue depth, to be deeper people. I don't know of a time in my life where it has been more critical that depth be recovered. Because we are, I am 53 until I was 20. The churches that I went to were deep places. They were places where deep people were. And I learned in the midst of that. I grew up in the midst of that. That was what was modeled for me, is you become a deeper person. Not just in your level of understanding of life, but your understanding of the Bible. You were encouraged to ask questions, to stumble around, to ask questions that were genuine. And and maybe somebody with a, a little bit better understanding of something they didn't get wrapped around the axle that you would dare ask that question. It was They saw that it was a natural question to ask if you're on a journey to become a deeper person. I don't ever see that. I don't remember seeing that in many, like more than a couple of churches back when I traveled the country a lot. It has been so long of walking through the desert of shallowness in Christian churches in the United States that it's no wonder to me that we're becoming more irrelevant by the year to people. And I don't understand what part of that we don't understand. We have to go to depth. People are not looking for... If they want shallowness, they can go to TikTok, Instagram, never mind. They already do. That's the world they live in. They live in that virtual shallow world. It's be, it's barraging them. And then they just keep returning to that vomit because they're addicted to it. That is the nature of electronic devices. They are addictive. That is by design. And it is to replace human interaction, us interacting with each other, which when we interact with each other, we engage each other in conversation. There is a natural tendency when I talk to you and you talk to me, you're going to learn something more about me. I'm going to learn something more about you. And there's going to be something I didn't know about you 
And it's, it may be something that's kind of interesting to me. And I may want to look into that. And I may learn from you about something I never even thought of. Or you have a different perspective on something. Well, I don't get that from a text. I don't get that from Instagram. I don't get that from Facebook. Well, I don't know. I don't have any of those. But I'm, I'm going to guess that you don't get that from those devices because I don't know how you can. Because there is no fostering of a conversation in that. They are simply tools to equip people in a nihilistic search for attention. Shallow, small bites of attention. It's like sitting at a bar saying, if I have one more shot of whiskey, I'm going to feel better. Whatever it is that you may drink. But whatever, I'm just grabbing whiskey because I watched a Western last night. An old Western. But anyway, but if I just have one more shot of whiskey, the pain's going to go away. Well, that's you know that's BS when you're drinking the whiskey. It's not going to make the pain go away. It's just going to make your morning suck all the more the next day. That's it. It doesn't make the pain go away. It just makes it worse. And I think it's we're in this same destructive cycle with of addiction with electronic devices where you just, oh, I just need a tablespoon of this. I just need another TikTok video. I just need another entertaining video of some jackwagon idiot doing something stupid for 10 seconds to get attention. And it's not going to add anything to my life. Not one shred of anything. And in fact, five seconds after I click off of it, I won't even remember it. It will never return to my head again. That's how impactful it is in my life. It makes no difference whatsoever. And people are just consuming this stuff that doesn't, ultimately, it's not remembered. It it doesn't impact their life in any significant way other than to make them lazier, to distract them from real life relationships, from real life interaction, and isolate us even more, which makes us even more appealing to those with who don't have our best intentions at heart, which makes this an easy, the United States, an easier country to take over or just basically just walk in because the people have laid down. That is my thought on the subject. But if we don't start getting deep, this course of this nihilistic shallowness, see, it, it like I said at the beginning, it is the wind being sown. And I'm stealing this from the Bible. I think it's Ecclesiastes. I'm almost certain it is. When you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. That's your crop. Well, there's going to come a tipping point where the people of this country and maybe the world, they realize that they have been sowing the wind and the whirlwind sucks. It's empty. It's vacuous. Just like the way they spent their time. And then they're going to look around and there's nothing but crickets because they don't know anybody. They have no meaningful relationships with people. I would venture to guess that we are largely there already. We are isolated. We are shallow. We are looking for entertainment. We just are... I I don't want to go back to the movie The Matrix because I think in some way it is a little bit predictive programming. But that hive mind, groupthink mentality of it's okay to be sedentary, to stare at a device and disengage life. And I would argue that if you claim to follow Christ... Today, if you're alive, you're listening to this. God could have given life to anybody. There's going to be a lot of people that did not, whose their spacesuit expired, and they they didn't wake up in the spacesuit today. I don't know where they woke up, one place or the other. But God chose to give you another day in this spacesuit. I'm asking you if you're a, if you say that you follow Christ, did God give you life today? 
Did he create the cosmos? Did he create a beautiful place for you that was jacked up by the Nakash that he has been trying to redeem, that he sent his son to redeem you? He sent, it to, he sent Jesus to redeem creation. Do you think that he does these things so that you can sit, disengage life, and stare at a device? Do you think, like really, I'm asking, it's a, it's a, it's a serious question for the churches. Is this what God gave you life for? Because maybe there's a passage in the Bible, I, it's the one I haven't read, where it doesn't say, go out and, and make disciples and baptize people in my name. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love me, God, more than anything. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm just citing the passage. One of the, the first commandment, love the Lord with, with all your heart, all your mind more than anything else, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Go out, seek people, tell them about me, give them encouragement, give them hope. I have come to redeem creation that I made, the creation that I made, including my most prized creation, which is people. Or is it to stare at your device? Because if we don't ask that question, guess what? You're just part of sowing the wind. It would almost be better if you're in a leadership position in the churches, get out. Get away from it. You're diluting the pool. Diluting, like weakening. Or get your crap together. Put the devices away. Take your role serious. If you're in a teaching role, if you're in a leadership role, especially in a church, take that job seriously. Go for depth. Quit chasing shallow emptiness like the rest of the fools in the world. Or we're just going to keep going off the cliff like a bunch of lemmings. Because that's where we're, that's what we're doing. We're just falling off of a cliff saying, oh, but nobody knows that the guy in front of him just fell off the cliff because everybody's got their face in some TikTok video or some Instagram or some self-validating Facebook post. You know, I, if I had a dollar for every person while I'm driving around on the road, taking a selfie of themselves, sitting in their car while they're driving, like, I mean, honestly, I just want to say, who gives a there, there is nothing about you driving that car that is worth you risking plowing into some kid on a bicycle or a stop sign or anything. I mean, put that aside, the danger that it could be to the people around you. I mean, I see it. They swerve into my lane all the time. And I'm like, that's awesome. You got a, another freaking selfie of yourself driving. Who cares? Newsflash. Nobody in the world gives a crap that you're driving. Nobody. Only you and your narcissistic, nihilistic, bent towards shallowness because you won't look at the value of your life, your blessing of your life, and say it is more than this. What about instead of swerving in my lane? See, if you're not taking a selfie, you might have time to wave at me. And you know what that builds? Even in, let's say... You know, because people are, there's a lot of road rage. You know, a lot of people after this whole three-year fear campaign, there is an escalated amount of anger in the lanes of traffic. Well, what about put your phone down? How about you wave at people? How about you look for ways that you can lower the tension in traffic? Do something. Put a funny set of glasses on. Do something that cracks somebody up. Lighten the mood a little bit. But you don't have that. Everybody is stuck in their bubble, watching their crap, taking their selfies. It's almost embarrassing to me as a human. 
that this is what we've reduced the value of life to. So we don't have a leg to stand on when we argue that life is valuable. Because here's the evidence. Here's the evidence that we believe that life is valuable. We stare at our phones all day. The, The logic is just absurd. Because there is none. So if you are in Christian churches, and I would plead, even if you're not, if you're just a fellow countryman of mine in, in the United States, if you are a person somewhere in the world, which obviously you are, let me ask you what you have to lose by pursuing some depth. What kind of fruit has the meaning, meaningless little pieces of entertainment born in your life? What fruit has been born in the last five years of your life that you're proud of, that you look at and say, that was hard work. That took a lot of effort. It took me putting a lot of effort, I would argue even better if it's selfless. It took a lot of selfless effort. I got no recognition for it and I love it. But this added something to the people around me. It added something. It it was better that it existed. The world is better for that having been brought into existence. For those moments to have existed. For this investment of my time, the world is a better place. And I'm going to argue it's not going to be in video content. Uh, Occasionally it will be, but not most of what's out there. I don't have a solution for you other than just to say that it's time for people in Christian churches. It is time for us to pull our heads out of our collective butts. And you make a choice. The lemmings are going to keep running off the cliff chasing shallowness. But there is going to come a time where they realize they're harvesting the whirlwind. And where are they going to go? If we don't have depth, they're going to be looking for depth. If we don't have it, they'll just go to the next small form of entertainment, the next distraction. But there was nothing shallow about Jesus. Jesus didn't change the world through TikTok. Jesus didn't change the world with Facebook. Let me ask you something. How are you changing the world for the better? This is for Christians. No, this is for people who say they follow Christ. How in the last year have you changed the world around you to make it better? How have you taken Jesus, a man of tremendous simplicity and depth, have you even uttered his name to a world that is struggling for substance and depth and meaning and purpose in TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all those places where they're never going to find it? Have you spoken the name of Jesus to them to offer them an alternative. Not to shove it down their throat, but to say, look, you might consider this. You might consider him. Anyway, this has just turned into a rant, but I'm honestly just a little bit pissed off because I'm tired of watching the roots of Christian churches growing more and more shallow. They're spreading out across the top of the ground. As long as the rain is falling, the tree stays alive. But we're in a drought. Shallow-rooted trees do not survive droughts. Well, take away desert trees for that, because they've, uh, they've adapted to that. But there's not that many of them that do it. Your average tree has to have deep roots to survive a drought. That's the only way they do it. We're supposed to be a deep-rooted tree grafted into the tree of Jesus. It's time for us to be that. All right, I'll catch you on the next one.